God, we love you. We thank you. We recognize that we cannot make it without you. We lean and depend on you right now. Your people who are gathered via technology, some are in their homes and some are in other places using smart devices to tune in to this worship. And then someone may tune in at a far later date looking for a word for these troubled times. I pray that you will grant it to us and that something special will be said or done in this place that's gonna make a difference in how they endure and how they handle this present moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Tonight I wanna to talk to you from this theme, the quiet mind for troubled times. The quiet mind for troubled times. There's a passage in Psalm 46 that we used, and I want to go down to verse 10, and I want to lift it up. I really could just lift up the first two words, and it would say enough. But I want to lift up the first line, and it says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The, the word there in the Hebrew is harpu. It means to grow slack. It actually means to release, to let go. So the psalmist is saying, grow slack, release, let go. Let go. Be still. Now it's a lot easier to say those words than to actually live them and walk in them every day. Because right now, you so much is going on that trying to get a moment of peace is the most difficult thing in the world you can do. Every channel is covering the news of the coronavirus. The number of cases in Connecticut doubled from last night to today. New York will now have a ship outside of its, in its harbor will help them to deal with the cases of who are regular, normal sicknesses so that the hospital beds can be opened up for those who are st struggling with COVID-19. This is the kind of time where you almost don't know where to turn. You know, even news, local news is into it now. So they were starting at 4.30 in the morning 
and then they moved up a little earlier. They were having the six o'clock news, and now some of them are even doing news after the main news from their main stations they're affiliated with. Cable, every news hour is doing something. Sports, since there are no sports going on, they're all talking about it. And then there are your own thoughts, your own fears, your own anxieties. I know some of you, your heads are racing. Right now, your mind is moving faster than you can handle. Some of you who struggle anyway with debilitating thoughts that enter your spirit really at this moment are sensing this time now with deep anxiety. Peace is not something you're finding easy. Quiet is not something that comes to you easily. And in truth, right now, your worst enemy is not the virus, but your mind. Because see, on any given day, we go to bed, we, we, we wake up, and most of us sometimes dream about what we went through during the day. We process things at night. Some people can't even sleep right. We struggle. And yes, sometimes when there's so much going on, our thoughts get taken captive by the images that are so profound today. And some of you have been, been now made hostage to pervading thoughts that are running through your mind, racing through your mind. You've got chaos going on. Right now, your mind is running, we used to say 50 miles a minute, and the reality of this situation is your mind's not going to stop thinking. You're not going to stop processing. You're not going to stop going through. And you're gonna, those thoughts are going to run around. You're going to deal with certain things. That's a part of life. But I want you, I want you to be still now. Hold up. Wait a minute. Pause. Be still. In Exodus chapter 14, God speaks to the children of Israel as fear is going among them as to what they will do next. In 14, verse 13 and 14, here's what happens. The scripture says, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. Verse 14, if I skip there, it says, the Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. The word of the Lord was for them to stand still. I think that's a great word, because there are times when there are things that you can't fight, there are stuff you can't deal with. 
One comedian said it would be easier if this were the zombie apocalypse. At least you could see the zombie coming and you might have something you can deal with this zombie with. You can't see it. It's invisible. But God can. Stand still. Yeah. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 17. And I want to just tell you, whenever you come on to hear me teach in, in these times, bring your Bible with you or bring an extra uh, smart device so you can open up these scriptures and make sure you write them down. You need to hold on to them. Second Chronicles 20 and 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Wow. Stand still. I, I, I want to, to, to help you now because I need you to realize that you have the kind of God that loves you so much that he says, sit this one out, I'll fight the battle. Sit this one out, I'm taking over. You can't handle this one, sit this one out. I'm, I'm gonna handle this one right now. You, 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 you sit to the side, you, you can't deal with that. You stand still. And now, if he told us to stand still, then he anticipates if we are going to follow divine instruction that there must be a way in which we can do it. A way we can be still. A way we can hold on. Because see, the God we serve understands this existential reality that has confronted us. God we serve understands our humanity as we struggle with it. Hmm. Since he understands, he knows my struggle, he knows your struggle. That might be why he says, be still. And know, know that I'm God. Know that you have this relationship with God. This awesome relationship. I um I was thinking about this and 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 talk about processing and thinking through things. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I always keep an iPad or something by me, and so I I picked it up and. And three words came to mind, and I wrote those three words down, and the three words that jumped out, the first was that, that, that I needed to realize the surety of God. Surety. Yeah. That the God I serve is sure, true, just, dependable. You can lean on him. 
the God I serve reminds me that I can lean on the everlasting arm that God is sure. Now some of you have experiences with God that you need to recall now. You need to just reflect a little bit about the times when you prayed and God came through for you. You need to reflect a moment about how God made a way out of no way. You need to reflect a moment about how good God really is. You need to reflect a moment about things that you prayed about and you saw God reveal God's own self. Same God. Different day, same God. Different situation, same God. The next word jumped at to me was security of God. Yeah, at the very top of my list is that God is my security. Oh, if you were with us Sunday morning and you listen, go back and hear it again, the first verse says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. God is our security. Now, I wish that meant that you wouldn't get sick and wouldn't have disease, wouldn't have any problems. No, no, God is with us in the midst of this situation. God cares about us right now. God is loving on us, holding us together. And he is a true God. His security is real. We can lean and depend on God. And now it brings me to the third word, and this is where I'll dwell at. That if God is my surety and my security, then what he tells me to do is to learn to live in submission to God. It's my responsibility to be in submission. Oh, man, submission, submission, submission. I need to go ahead and say, God, the old song was, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. The need for submission is obvious. I need to say, God, I need your help right now. I need your help in this situation and I submit to you I surrender to you I not only surrender this situation that I'm praying about and praying for and praying for my loved ones and my friends and those that are going through no God beyond that I am submitted to you God you're going to have to help me. Because while I'm submitted, my mind is racing. My mind is running. My mind is going everywhere. Information overload. 
Description after description, just too much. Which doctor do I believe? Whose report do I believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And his report speaks victory. How do I submit and quiet my mind is the question that I want to answer for the next few moments. I want to submit to you that it's time for you to do some things for yourself. And over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about these ways. I could simply talk about contemplative practices of meditation. Some of you know that if you learn how to focus your mind, it means that you tune out other things. It means that you put your mind on one thing, which automatically means it does not concentrate on something else. Um, secular artist, her, sings a song that says focus. And it's a request from a partner to her person that she's in love with, to, would you focus on me? Which says, I don't think you're paying me any attention. Would you put your attention on me? Which means, would you get rid of everything else and concentrate on me? Yeah. The, the truth of the matter is that what one has to do is to learn how to focus. Learn how to take your mind off of everything else. You, you, you've already learned how to be distracted. You already know how to be disjointed. You know how to be a person that is running haywire. It'll take a little time now to work on your thoughts. In truth, thoughts actually are the precursor for actions. So if I don't bring my thoughts into submission, I won't bring my actions into submission. So by getting my thoughts into submission, then I can bring my action into submission. And I can't get my thoughts in submission unless I have my attitude in submission because I need my attitude to help me line up my thoughts so that my thoughts are submitted to God and my ways become God's ways. And oh, then all of a sudden, I have myself aligned with the will of God. Yeah. Three things tonight to hold on to. The first of which is turn off and tune in. Oh, you need to leave those on the screen for a moment. Turn off and tune in. Turn off and tune in. So, Bishop, what do you want me to turn off? 
Well, you got to turn off the noise. And then you can tune in. What kind of noise? Well, sometimes you got to turn off the nonsensical conversation, whether it's the one you're having with yourself, that you are in full agreement with the conversation, or the one you're hearing on TV, or the one you're getting the confirmation bias for with what you're reading, or the noise that you're hearing from people in places online, yeah, you're going to have to learn how to turn off. Maybe you shouldn't watch, and, and I know this is anathema, and please forgive me, all the news outlets, but maybe you shouldn't watch CNN all day. Maybe you should not allow Fox to speak to you all day. Maybe you watch it once or twice a day and move away from it. Maybe you don't read every blurb that comes from the AP. Maybe you don't read every blurb on your Twitter or Facebook. Turn off. Because if you keep allowing all that stuff to keep pouring into you, keep pouring in, I grew up in the development of the computer age. And so when I was in school back in Alabama, um, Deacon Miles was studying and he was studying to be an engineer. Of course, I was in the philosophy and sociology departments, and but he was over there in the engineering department and they were learning how to com program computers. So they were doing Cobalt and Fortran and they were programming the computers and stamping out the cards. This is the, the early days. Yeah, I, I know everybody has gotten to use the icons that, that Apple has, but before that, you had to do, if you wanted to move out of something, control or delete, if you wanted to do a line, you had to write your own program, Edlin, and uh, uh, it was something. But they used to come back and they would tell those young programmers that were learning how to use those cards so well depicted in uh, that wonderful movie about those women who helped with the aeronautics, those sisters that helped develop the aeronautics systems. It, it, they had to learn that if you press the wrong button, punch the wrong hole, you got to the place where if you put garbage in, you got garbage out. So the mantra became G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. Well, this is the time for you to remember that because if you keep filling up garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. If all you fill yourself up with is a steady diet of negative information, then that's all you're going to be filled with. Just think about it. Today, many of you watched four, five hours of news. Maybe over half hour here, half hour there, 30 minutes here, an hour there. Yeah, four or five hours of news. You watch the president's news conference, another hour. But I want to ask you, how long did you spend reading your Bible? How long did you spend praying? How long did you spend reading a good 
book about the word or about how to live out your faith? How long did you spend listening to a good piece of music? How long did you spend walking in nature? How long did you spend meditating? If you spend 10 to 1, how can you expect the 1 to overwhelm the 10? So first off, turn off and then turn in. Now this is important because when I say turn in, I need you to realize that God is not just in the sanctuary. When you turn in, I want you to go on the inward journey to the very spark within your soul. The part of God that God put in of God's own self into each one of us. I want you to go deep inside and allow God to be real to you, to be present for you. I want you to turn in to the very presence of God, to the relationship with God. I, I want you to, to close your eyes and to pray and to seek God's face. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I want you to turn into God, into God's presence, into God's peace, into God's promises. I want you to open your Bible up, begin to read the Psalms, begin to read what God's word is saying to you now. Turn into God. I want you to lift up that first verse of this 46th Psalm and I want you to begin to speak it to yourself. God is my refuge. Use it as an affirmation of faith as we did at the close of the sermon on Sunday. I want you to turn inward. You see, I know you're not in the sanctuary. But if, as I believe, God is within you, then you are the sanctuary. For you are the temple of the living God. Turn into your temple and begin to pray and talk to God. Not only do I want you to turn in, I, I need you to also do something else. I need you to do time out and time on. Time out and time on. Yes, the time out is that I remove all distractions. The time on is I enter into healthy distractions. I'm going to come back to this in number three, but, but let me stay here for a moment. I, time out. I, I, you know, there are some things that just distract you. They distract you from doing what God wants you to do. You know, some dumb stuff we do. So take a time out. You know, can I, can I tell you something that you might have forgotten? 
Some of us, some people have been talking about, oh, I can't stand it. I've been in the house so long. I can't stand it. I'm ready to run. And I know it's not easy, especially if you have young children home and you're, you're trying to be, do homeschooling. And, you know, uh, some of you, uh, one father I heard the other day say that it took them almost an hour and a half to help their, their teenage son do their, his math homework. And, and I said, my goodness, I hope you really had someone else check it. Uh, they said the homework should have took 15 or 20 minutes, took them an hour and a half. Uh, it's like that old Kevin Hart joke, you know, the teacher gave uh, Kevin two Fs and Kevin wanted to know why. And the teacher said, this is, the F, first one is for you and the other one is for your daddy that helped you. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy when you're dealing with young people and you're not used to having them there. You got concerns about how you're gonna feed and what you're gonna do and all the things going on. But I want you to rethink this thing. Take time out from the distractions that go with all that has to be done from other people. And took some time on into healthy things, yeah. So you need to bless those folk over there? Great, do it. But take a time out. Take a time out and use your time wisely for something healthy. You read a book. Maybe you need to be like that woman in that commercial who's sitting in the bathroom on the floor eating a cookie, pretending that she's the husband Maybe you just need a cookie break. Now, those of you on consecration, you know what I mean. But take a time now. Time out, time on. So you're not always working. You're not always in the midst of it. I use this illustration all the time, and that's the, the illustration of the sidewalk. When we were building the Family Life Center several years ago, uh, they were making the pavement around, beautiful, wonderful pavement around the courtyard down in front of the building. And as they were making the courtyard, the guy was putting in these lines in there, and, and I was like, man, I wanted that to be nice and smooth in my mind. And uh, even though I'd worked in construction as a young man, I never really paid attention to those lines that went down the, the concrete. And the man explained to me something I've been telling people for now over 30 something years. He said, you need to realize that that's a control break. That control break allows for the ground to freeze and thaw. And there's room for it to expand and contract. And because of that, the concrete will not break. You need your control breaks. Time out, time on. Finally, and I'll be closing with this one. Thrust in and thrust out. Thrust in is the idea that I need to do some internal activities. That's things for me. Now, I, I used earlier about prayer and intimacy with God. But right now, when I say thrust in, I'm gonna actually try and tell you to do it in two ways. Stay with me for a moment. I'm gonna ask you to 
breathe. Yeah. Breathe on me. Let it breathe on me. Let the breath from the Lord now breathe on me. Okay. I need you to take a deep breath where you are now. And hold it. And let it out. No, this is not proof of whether or not you have the coronavirus. No, I need you to breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in God's love. And breathe out fear. Breathe in God's peace. Breathe out nervousness. Breathe in God's hope. Breathe out anxiety. Breathe in God's joy. hyperventilating thank you Jesus I know it's in your hands you feel yourself getting anxious Lord I, I bless your name you feel yourself thinking that it's not going to be okay you're conscious of your breath Conscious of your air. Guess what? Everything else takes a back seat as you press the air out and believe God for a miracle. This is the word that's going to begin to quiet your mind. Because guess what? 
Your mind belongs to God. And I want to promise you, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Get the mind of God. Quiet your mind even as you thrust in and thrust out with a mantra of the word of the Lord. God bless you, Shiloh family. I pray God touched you. I pray you heard the word. I pray you felt God's presence in that teaching tonight. I'm coming back next week. I told you I'm going to share some stuff with you. Come on back and hear me. I still invite each one of you to remember we're going to be celebrating communion together on the first Sunday. I gave you an opportunity. You could come by and pick up a communion kit if you so desire, but you do not have to. I'm not forcing you to. Uh, the deacons have been passing out. Deaconess, uh, they've got gloves on and it's in a plastic bag and you can wipe off the bag again when you get home. But you can also get a regular saltine cracker and some juice and be ready. I will bless what you have and we will have communion together on the first Sunday as we celebrate the gift of God. I want you to keep praying for each other. Keep praying for those who are sick among us. Keep holding the saints of God up. Please pray for the Garvin family. Pray for them. We're, we'll be laying to rest our dear friend on Thursday morning. I ask you to keep praying for the ministry and support your ministry. Join us in supporting the body of Christ. You know all the ways there are to give. I'm not going to press giving because what I want you to do is to keep joining me online and keep being a part of what God's going to do here. You can be a part. The offerings you give tonight are benevolent gifts, and we put them back out into the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to bless those in need. I love you all with the love of the Lord. On behalf of my wife, First Lady Cynthia, our chairman of our board, Deacon Medina over here, and the saints of God, Minister Lamont, and Brother Solomon, we're going to sign off for tonight. Let's pray, and we're closing out in this place. May God be with you and cause you to be strengthened in the peace of your mind, and may he quiet your mind more and more every day so that you walk in complete peace.